Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, guess what time it is? It's what time is it? <laughs> podcast time. <laughs> no, it's a mess. That's right. It's Mess It Up podcast time. Yeah. it's uh, We're here with the Mess It Up podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy. I am the Biker Chick. And I'm listener Bev from California. Yes, she is. And uh, she's back once again on the show because every time she's on, I get all sorts of email uh, from myself saying, I love your wife. And uh, here she is. So we decided it would be fun to have Bev back on the show today. Um, so welcome. Thank you. And uh, today the, the song of the week was picked by Bev, uh, but not the word of the week. The word of the week was chosen kind of, uh, I don't actually know how we, we decided. It was going to be something else, and then we came up with Shirk uh, because we did. <laughs> so profound, Paul. I know. So profound. You can tell I'm doing well today. Uh, but to shirk is to avoid or neglect, like uh, a responsibility. But I also found out that in Islam, shirk is the sin of practicing idolatry or polytheism. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then another fun and interesting fact, and this is, I'm putting this out there right now for uh, intern Dave. Dave's favorite word to just throw out there as a nonsense word is shakurker. So um, there you go. Shirk is our word of the week. If you can use it correctly in a sentence this week, you can give yourself um, an undetermined amount of bonus points that you decide upon. If you use it incorrectly, you get five bonus points. We're on that lengthy intro part lengthy of the show, aren't we? Lengthy intro part again. <laughs> well, you know, it's only been a minute and a half, right. but who's counting? This is not the first time we've tried to start this show, folks. But it is the last time. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and keep on going with this show because it's just uh, fun. It is. Um, it's a lighter mood today. Yeah. Boy, last, last week I really loved our show, but it was a little bit um, deep. And uh, I, maybe that's I'm just feeling kind of goofy today. Um, we have another guest coming up next week, though. I'm super excited about uh, Doug, who is uh, the uh, curator, I guess, uh, the host of the uh, uh, podcast called Castimonia that deals with sexual purity and, uh, and, and Christian uh, recovery. He's going to be on our uh, show next week, so be listening for that one. Uh, but for this week, it's beautiful... Uh, Listener Bev from California and myself, and of course, uh, Christine is here as well. Just to get things out of the way, last week I forgot to do the commercial, so I had to record one and stick it on there. So I'm just going to get the commercial out of the way up front. If you need to email me and say, how about you let everybody else talk, send that to bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. And if you want to get <laughs> if you want to get a hold of intern Dave, you can get him at what do I get him at? I forgot. Info. Info. <laughs> I botched this up. That's okay. I forgot. Info at messituppodcast.com. That's why we're a couple. We just we complete each other. Oh boy. That's yeah, right. It's fantastic. Something it's like cute. that. So listen. Bev just made a great point. You don't have to be perfect. Oh, man. But you just have to keep on going. That's yeah. right. And and I think that's an important part of, of my recovery. Hopefully, it's an important part of your recovery. And I see Christina's got a, no, a question. I just want to mention, if you guys have not heard the podcast that Paul did on Castimonia, 
hop over oh, there and listen yeah. to that too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Castamonia. Um, dot com, I believe. Let me just double check that to, to make sure I'm not giving out bad information. You can find it on castamonia.org is what it is. And that's C A S T I M O N I A. Castamonia.org. And uh, you can listen to that podcast. It was pretty fantastic. It, it was it was fantastic. awesome. And Doug does a great job with what he's doing, so we really appreciate that hard work as well. Um but today I wanted to look at, um, well, I was, I was saying before I was saying that, you know, we're, we talk about recovery and I assume that you have an interest in recovery or you wouldn't be listening to the podcast, uh, because right. we do talk about podcast or podcast. We talk about recovery, uh, quite frequently on the podcast and the recovery program that all three of us, uh, migrate to is celebrate recovery, which is a, a Christ centered, uh, 12 step group for hurts, habits, and hangups of all kinds. Uh, but I'm, I'm anticipating that everyone listening is interested in recovery in some way, shape, or form. So I was thinking as I was teaching at the prison a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the idea of um, responsibility and we were looking at the steps. So generally speaking, the steps uh, for celebrate recovery and for um, uh, AA are pretty close to the same. There's a couple of, uh, of choices that are a little bit different, but for the most part, they read almost exactly the same. So I'm going to read the, the celebrate recovery steps and uh, just show you what I'm, where I'm headed here on this. So the first one says, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And step three, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. So in Celebrate Recovery, those first three steps are realize there's a problem, realize I'm not in control, and put Jesus in control. Turn my control over to Christ. Does that match up with mm -hmm. what you guys mm -hmm, are thinking? Mm -hmm. Cool. So the question came when we were talking about our responsibility, because we were looking in that fourth step, doing the inventory and, and what my responsibility is. And I was having a hard time getting uh, my students to see their responsibility and separate that out from uh, blame. And then they said, well, but I turned my, my care over to, to Christ. I, I, I turned my life over to Jesus. So I don't have any responsibility anymore. And I made the face that Christina just made, you know, it's just, you know, that turn your head like a dog kind of, uh, I don't know what's going on here. What you talk about Willis type of, uh, of face going on. Right. So what do you guys think about responsibility as it relates to ourselves and having turned our control over to Christ? What is, what is my responsibility? What happens to it once I turn my control over? I have a thought. Um, the first thing that popped into my brain was when you brought up that word responsibility, I had to go back to the scripture that says that God is the potter and that we are the clay. Um, and I always picture that, that wheel, that potter's wheel. And I see how, um, God takes this meaningless lump of clay, plops it down on there, and then uses his big old hands to smooth out the edges and make it into something else. Now, as I think about that, I think, all right, so we're at the disposal of the creator, all right? But we are not without responsibility when we become whatever God turns us into. So if, if God makes us into a pitcher, as not in baseball, but as to drink, pour water out of, 
um, our responsibility then is to be useful in being the best pitcher that we can be. If we, if he makes us into um, a, a dish to hold food, then our responsibility is to serve as that the best that we can. Um, and that's, that's a little bit of analogy that works, and in another way it doesn't because this is now an inanimate object where we are not that. Um, but I believe that our responsibility then becomes that number one, we have counted the cost of being a Christ follower because Jesus tells us to do that. And we have found it's worth the cost. And then to, we find out later in the steps, our responsibility is to carry that to someone else. So I don't know if that helps or doesn't. Okay. All right. Any thoughts, Christina? She's still pondering her thoughts, so I I'm going to jump in. Yeah. I hate to be the jumper in her. No, but, but I, that's what suits that's you what well. That's what I do. That's yeah. how the show works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We'd be real silent without Paul. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, when, the thing that caught my attention when you were making that analogy, and I, I know that this is not something that we prepare for, because here's one thing, folks. Um, word to the wise, we don't prepare for the show. This At is all. just us <gasps> talking and thinking right. and 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 examining things. It's a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I think about when you say this, um, I, I, you didn't, I don't think you said useless lump, but a lump without purpose. Mm. Um, and then God gives us a purpose. And I agree that God gives me a purpose. And I, I, I think, you know, and you alluded to the fact that it's inanimate and we are animate. So we have that option to, to choose that. And that's what my mind got stuck on was that, that, that a lump without purpose. I'm thinking, okay, where does purpose come in and how does that, when does that coalesce with uh, responsibility or, or at least run parallel with it? Do they have anything to do with each other? Are they, are they separate? Coalesce means come together. <laughs> That'll be a word of the week another time. Right. As soon as I said it, I was looking at my microphone and I could see Christina's body position changes. Like, okay, coalesce. Yeah. Um, we are the small word girl over here. <laughs> but as you're saying that, I, I think God knows the purpose of that lump of clay when he slaps it onto the potter's mm -hmm. wheel. He says, I know what I'm going to make this into. Mm -hmm. It's just going to take some time to make it into what I desire it to be, just like us. It's, it's in the process of molding that that purpose has come to fulfillment. So after all of the molding, all of the kneading, all of the, the you know spinning, then finally this pitcher is there. But then don't forget, we've got to glaze it, we've got to bake it, we've got to do all of this stuff. It's got to go through the fire mm -hmm. to become the purpose of it all. And so I think the analogy is great. And what's our responsibility? Be moldable? Yeah. Is that a yeah. word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think about our daughter took several um, ceramics classes in college. And some of the stuff she made is great. And some of it is not great. It's, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a good try. She had an idea. It didn't quite work. She, made, she wanted to make Bev a big vase. And... She didn't have the engineering down on it, so it didn't work well, but we still have it. And we, I love those things because the pottery at 
you know, Walmart is more perfect than the pottery my daughter made for me. But the pottery at Walmart was not made for me. I might happen to go buy it, but it wasn't made for me. They didn't sit there in the you know, factory at Corel and say, oh, hey, you know what? Paul's gonna be buying this on this day. But my daughter made it and it's got those imperfections and it's got that character and those flaws and those defects that make it uniquely hers and makes it more endearing to me. And if as much as I adore my wife, I know she's not perfect, but I love her foibles. And as much as Christina is wonderful, she's not perfect. She's got flaws that make her her that make it so that I can love her more. And the same thing with me. I'm far from perfect, but those imperfections help uh, not define me, but but uh, make me me. They, they give me part of my uniqueness, my flavor. I think. I've heard many people talk about the perfection of our life or the non-perfection of our life. And um, I'm trying to see if I can connect these two thoughts. We, we're talking about our responsibility. I think our responsibility is to yield to the potter because I believe that on my last breath on this earth, that is the day I will become perfect. So up until then, I can never be perfect. And I believe that... For the most part, what makes me not perfect is the fact that either I resisted God's molding or somebody else interfered um, because we're in a fallen world. But uh, well, there's so much I want to say, but I don't know how to make it, it blend together. Um, it's coalescing. Fun. Yeah, 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 something like that. But then, then my other thought was, um, and I, I think I often have to think in analogies, even though I can't always express them very well. But the other thing I'm thinking about is that parent-child relationship. That um, you talked about how how we are still, you love those things that, that our daughter made for us, even though they weren't perfect. And that's exactly the way our Father is. Our Heavenly Father loves us, even though we are just full of flaws. Um, and I can remember so clearly, I just got back from Nashville just last week. Spent, spent two weeks with my parents and my and all my other family members, um, my non-California family members and non-Hawaii and non-Utah. The ones um, in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, right. That would have been easier <laughs> if I'd gone that route. But anyway, um, I can remember, uh, my sister and I were talking about this, I can remember very clearly when my dad said to me when I got to a certain age, um, okay, Bev. I'm not going to tell you what time you have to be home tonight. What time do you think you need to be home tonight? And I was like completely floored, unprepared for that. And I was harder on myself than he would have been, you know, and I gave him a time and then he came back and said, oh, well, I was going to say this time and it was actually longer. So I think God's I don't want to say God's job, but God's, we're talking about purpose. He brings us along as he teaches us. And once again, our responsibility is to be trainable, to, to receive that teaching to the point where our will becomes God's will. And that's what I see as um, what, what we're trying to do in this, this process of life. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, and I think, you know, 
step three talks about surrendering your will, right? To mm-hmm. the care of, of God. And so in that surrendering, you have a lot of responsibility. Your responsibility is to have faith in God. Your responsibility is to not stress and worry and freak out about all the things that aren't happening or should be happening or you thought were going to happen. And so your responsibility is to have faith and to trust in Christ. Mm. It's not that God's going to take every step and outline it for you. Okay, place your right foot here, put your left foot here, put your right foot here. The Jesus hokey pokey. Right, exactly. So your responsibility is to keep your eyes on him and to follow him. And so you'll get guiding in certain areas. You're going to know right from wrong, right? You know, and the commandments, love your, love God and love your neighbor like yourself. And so your responsibility is to follow those things. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. um, I heard one time the first three steps is, um, I can't, he can, I'll let him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so that has really stuck with me to say, Hey, you know, I, I realize my responsibility. I can't. I know that he can. And then I'm going to um, trust in him that he will as I move forward. That's really cool. You know, we've been talking about shirts for, for some recovery, and I just realized a, a shirt. I can't. He can. I'll let him. Wow. Mm-hmm. I got That's... that from my, uh, my first sponsor, actually. Wow. She, That's she was an incredible lady. That's, that's outstanding. I like that a lot. Well, another thing I really like a lot is my beautiful wife who suggested that we do this song for our song of the week. So, uh, listener Beth from California, if you do the honors of telling us what song we're about to hear, and then we'll come back on the other side of the break to talk about it. Uh, The song is not brand new. Um, It's uh, by Lauren Daigle, and it's entitled First. Um, as I was listening to that song, I, I happened to think that this fell right in line with uh, our discussion about responsibility in reference to uh, our relationship with God. And uh, I love what you said, Christina, about the responsibilities that we have. And um, I think it's easy to get lazy and, and to think, okay, well, God, you got my life, and so I can just sit back and, and ride. But um, I think that this song is a real challenge for me 
in that area of responsibility, and that is, do I, do I seek God and His will first in my life? Always, always, every second of every day, every major de decision, every minor decision, um, and I think that's what she's saying here, and I, I love that. Uh, I was I'm looking at the last line of that verse or the last you know, phrase before I bring my need I guess it's beginning too mm -hmm. I will bring my heart yes that's the one that was mm. resonating with me as well and I'm, I'm, I'm pondering that and just trying to think okay what does that mean before I start asking God for all kinds of stuff I'm going to bring my heart first and my love that? and my gratitude like shouldn't you always approach with thanksgiving yeah. Isn't that like, you know, go to him and thank him for what you do have before you start asking him what for what you don't have? Yeah, and it's not a, a castigation to not ask for things. No. no, not at all. No, no. It's saying before this, this. Just like our steps. You know, before we make our, our inventory, we've got to, I can't, he can, I'll let him. Uh, we've, we've got to do things in an order. And... Um, yeah, that's what it is. You know, before I do this, before, because it can be very easy for me to be like, hey, God, Paul here, really need a solid favor right now. If you could hook this up, I will be yours forever until the next time I need something that I'm going to ask again. You know, that's not what I want for my kids. I am so happy to give them whatever. Mm -hmm. I just love it when they come and say, hey, I love you. Mm -hmm. Hey. Mm -hmm. You're, you're you. I, I got, uh, our, our family uses this uh, Marco Polo app to do group, you know, video messaging. And so we play this silly little game that you may have seen before where you put your, you know, your, you make the okay sign and, you know, people look at it and it's, you know, they did it with my three month, four month old <laughs> granddaughter. And I'm like looking at them, watching the thing. I'm like, oh, there's Nora. And it's like, oh, it was so good. But it was just like, I love you. This is our thing. We've been doing this in the family since, you know before I was born and now we're doing it with, you know, the third generation of family doing this silly little game. And that just says, you know, they're, they're bringing me their heart. They're giving me their heart and not asking for anything. And, um, and then she goes into that course. I want to seek you. We need to seek you. That's, 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 that's step three. Mm -hmm. I'll let you, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll follow where you go. I'll follow along and I will, I'll go with your lead, which is, I think, incredibly simple, but incredibly difficult. I, I tell my guys in the prison that all the time. I say, guys, this is not incredibly hard, but it's incredibly difficult. You know, it's super obvious, mm -hmm. but trying to do it is where it gets a bit tricky. And that goes back, like you said, to our responsibility, our responsibility my responsibility is to him. I was thinking of our grandson, Elijah, and uh, how he used to say at a very young age, look into my eyes, you know. And um, you were asking, Christina, earlier, what does that mean before I bring my need, I bring my heart? She goes on in the second stanza to say, before I speak a word, let me hear your voice. And in the midst of my pain, let me feel your joy. So what that looks like to, before we bring our need to bring our heart means, 
we look into God's eyes. You know, I can't behold the awesomeness of God by looking down at the ground. I need to look right into his face and take him in and drink him in. And I need to hear his voice, feel his joy, be grateful, and then approach him um, with that. And I know God doesn't need anything, but I bet he sure does want to hear from us. And I would imagine he loves to hear how amazing he is to us. So Yeah, I, yeah. I never get tired of hearing, you know, words of adoration. It, yeah. It's difficult to be annoyed by that. A little bit. Yeah. Looking good, Christina. Thanks, Paul. Bev, you're fantastic. Oh, hey, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're all right. <laughs> it was really super tough. I had to ask twice before I got anything, and then I got this little tiny, barely anything. That was, it was hard to be me. Even the dog got up and walked away. <laughs> but you know, um, I mean, I don't know that we're really fully done with this this subject, but um, and we probably will move on to something else. But I just was reading a, a scripture today. I can't. You're putting even... a lot of pressure on us, by I the way. Know. <laughs> I know. Okay, after I'm done with this, you'll have something new to say. <laughs> I I hadn't really ever paid attention to this, but it was reminding me that people who don't work don't eat. Oh, I know. It Unless was you marry. The, uh, it was it was in the boundaries book, the Cloud Townsend book. Okay. And so I think of responsibility in that way. I mean, that sounds really horribly insensitive to say you don't eat you know because you it makes don't work. sense though but, yeah you have to earn your keep i mean that's right, not a, right. a foreign concept and um so it, where that breaks down is is that god through his grace we never have to earn anything because if we got what we deserved or earned we would be in a whole lot of trouble um but anyway i just thought yeah we were just uh, that 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 was the lesson uh, in my saturday CR class at the prison yesterday was the, the grace lesson and that, that idea of, you know, what is grace? And, and, you know, it's not something that we earn. Um, another, I think, place where I'm responsible, we talk about being responsible to Christ, but I think I'm also responsible to other Christians. Uh, I'm responsible to not isolate myself. I'm responsible to be in community. God sent Christ so that we could be in community with him. And I think he wants us to be in community with each other. He built us as social beings. And when I remove myself from the Christian community to go isolate, and, and I see a difference between seclusion and, and getting some solitude and isolating myself and getting away from everybody. I see a, a, a difference there. I think God doesn't mind. I mean, Jesus went to go get solitude in the garden, but he also chose to be with people. And I heard a, a an example given the other day, a person said they're you know sitting by a fire, and the coals are in the fire, red hot, glowing coals. You, you pick it up with your hand, it burns you. So you reach in, you grab with tongs, you take it out and put it on the hearth of the fireplace, and in time it'll cool down, and you can pick it up with your hand. A baby can pick it up with their hand, and it won't burn them, and the fire is gone. But you put it back in community with its other people, mm -hmm. with its other coals. And it will reignite. It will get hot again. And my Christianity, when I isolate myself and I, I withdraw completely and I'm not with any other Christians and I'm not fellowshipping with other Christians and I'm not, not, you know, having accountability with and giving accountability to, 
my coals grow cold, I think. And, and, but that doesn't mean they're out. It's just, I, I need to be in that fire to stay on fire. I believe, yeah, go ahead, please, Christina, please. I was just going to say something sassy. But are the coals in the fire, like, irritating to each other? <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yes. My goodness. They can be. People can be difficult sometimes. And even the people that are closest to you can be difficult sometimes. Uh, Gage asked me, you know, somebody close to me irritated me. He's like, well, does that mean you don't like them? I'm like, well, not overall, no. It just means I'm irritated right now. I'll get over it. And I said, friendship, you know, family, they last for long lengths of time, not just, you know, you get irritated. But I would imagine that I isolate myself based on the irritation of not being able to cope and deal with other people's baloney. I, I feel similar. And I think at times, sometimes we need to go into a different fire pit, for mm-hmm. sure. But to stay completely out of the fire forever and say, I will never go back into the fire, yeah. I will burn out. Right. Um, and and I, I can't do that. But no, I, I think absolutely there are people who are uh, difficult and who I have chosen not to be with. I'm a little offended that when you asked that question, you did not look at listener Bev from California at all. You just stared straight at me. <laughs> I'm used I'm, to staring at you in conversation I'm, on the podcast. I'm feeling a little bit uh, insecure right now. Like, uh-oh, are oh, we solid? You, we're solid. Okay. We're like that. We're good. Have we coalesced? No. Oh. Because I don't know what that word means. <laughs> well, I was going to take that comment that you made, Paul, and take it a step further. I don't think that we're called to be responsible only to Christians. I think there's a responsibility to all people everywhere, and that that's part of our mission field and part of the mission that that Jesus um, told us to carry out. And here's the reason why I say that, because the scripture is pretty clear in saying do everything as unto the Lord so that what will happen is when people watch us, they will not be able to find any reason to criticize or go against, um, they can't find fault with us. I can't remember the exact, and I, are you, is that, is that a call to perfection? No, no. What I'm saying is that you said we should have a responsibility to Christians, we also have a responsibility to non-Christians, and that is to show them Christ. It's not it's not a meter on perfection, um, but I'm just saying that Scripture points to that, um, and that God will protect us, you know, through that that journey. What do you mean by protect us? Because I see, like, you see missionaries. Who get killed? And that's one thing that I, 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 when I talk to people, they're like, and, and God will give me whatever I need, and He'll protect me, and I'll be safe. And it's like, oh yeah, but uh. that's what God desires for us. He desires good things, but He also gives all the other 7.5 billion, you know, people the ability to do whatever and to be an irritant or dangerous or horrible. We have to be super careful when we use that word protect. But I will say that um, I know that we receive so many gifts when we become a Christ follower. And one of those gifts is the gift of eternal life. And as much as right now, at the age that I am, and I don't want to die today, I don't want to die tomorrow, um, 
I do know that I'm safe for eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of safety and protection I'm talking okay. about. Um, and furthermore, it, oh, gee, I don't know, but because I don't have a mind to understand theology, uh, let me just say what makes sense to me. When Jesus died and took his place in heaven next to the Father, he left us with a mission. And I think that mission was to carry out what he had started. So I think that's our responsibility. Our responsibility is to take as many people as we can along with us on this journey and help them to make it to heaven. Yeah, to do that whole, you know, go to the ends of the earth and and making Christians of all people. But not because we have to, but because like Lauren Daigle says, we need to put him first. Right. So. Right. But I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what we are called to do. I mean, we're called Mm -hmm. To the, and, and I remind my guys in the prison and, you know, frequently we're, you know, perhaps the only Jesus that somebody's going to see. And um, it's, it's good to be good. It is. But if I let my focus become, and this is why I asked before, if I try to make my focus perfection because I'm just worried that people are seeing Jesus in me and what they're going to see and, oh, I messed up. I'm going to wind up messing up and then I'm going to, when I do, it's going to be, am I going to be, it's going to be a problem to me. Am I going to think, okay, I failed and now just completely give up because I know when I was not a Christian, I was watching, I was watching you Bev and, and thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to catch this lady messing up. I'm going to catch this Christian and, and then I'm, I'm sure going to jump out and I'm going to be like, ha you call yourself a Christian. So I, I, I know that it doesn't, that's not what I'm called to do is to, to be perfect in front of people for Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ did that for us. I, I, I'm not saying that we need to sin more so that his glory can be greater, but I am saying that when people see me fall and I know that I stumble and trip up, that that's not the end of the story, that that, that can be a beautiful teaching point that my imperfections, like we talked about the imperfections in that clay, that, that can be my beauty. Well, that's what Jesus died for. And take the mess, right. turn it into turn a, message. a message. It reminds me of the story of the crack pot. Have you heard the story of the cracked pot? Cracked pot or crack pipe? Crack. <laughs> Don't mess with my words. Okay. I fumble enough. <laughs> the cracked pot. So basically there was this guy who fetched water for his master every day. He had one of those little things that go over his neck and he had a a pot on each side. And one of these pots had a crack in it. So every time he would go fill up the pots from the stream or whatever and come back, the one, the cracked pot would empty out partially along the way. And so one day the cracked pot told, you know, this guy, Hey, I'm so sorry. You know, I feel less than I'm cracked. I can't deliver as much water as the other pot. I'm so sorry. And so the water guy was like, hey, pot, have you ever looked along the path coming back from the stream? And he's like, no. He's like, well, look next time because there's beautiful flowers Mm -hmm. along your side of the path. Had I needed a, a, a full pot, I could have traded you out a long time ago. But you provide the flowers that I put on my master's table and you bring beauty into our lives just the way that you are. Mm. And so I love the story of the cracked pot because it shows the use in the broken things. It shows that, hey, 
all, all things broken aren't, you know, something to be tossed away or replaced. There is purpose in them. And yeah. It, it's always been one of my favorite little stories. Yeah. And I think that that is 100% uh, factual. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's true. We, we don't need that, um, that perfection. It's just not, mm-hmm. it's not our call. Uh, I, when you said broken things, I was thinking of that song, broken things. I'm, I'm pretty sure we did that song as a song of the week, uh, early on. Um, I'm not positive. I'm not seeing it right now, but I know we definitely did do, um, uh, beautifully broken by mm-hmm. plum and that it is, I mean, it is my pleasure to be imperfect for Christ. It, it is completely my uh, 100% awesome pleasure to know that that I don't have to be perfect. And I felt so long as a child that I had to be perfect. And I struggled with that so much. And it caused so much uh, turmoil in my life, that quest for perfection and fear and, and, and held me back from doing things. I'm so happy to not be perfect. And I'm not saying I'm clinging to my failures. I'm just saying I'm happy that I don't have to be perfect. I'm not so sure that um, it just isn't all part of God's incredible design that what calls a non-believer or somebody who's just sitting on the fence trying to figure it out to a walk with Christ is the fact that we're not perfect. I believe that if we walked around and we're perfect, well, we know how many enemies Jesus made, you know, that people looked at him and said, I don't want any part of you. They didn't understand him. They were jealous of him. And I just think that it is more beautiful to be real than it is to be fake. Yeah. Um, and that's what Jesus died for. Yeah. So. Real beauty. Amen. Well, uh, I think that's fantastic. Uh, thanks for sharing those thoughts with us. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. Uh, just a few things before we, we close up. Uh, a lot of people want to know how they can support the show. And there's several things you can do to support the Mess It Up podcast. First of all, letting people know about the show is outstanding. The more people that hear it, the more effective it can be. And we really appreciate you telling your friends to give it a listen to share, you know, on Facebook. We have social media outlets that we are on with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, and Reddit. So check us out on those and share. Also, if you go to iTunes and rate the show, it's really super quick to do. Uh, And if you leave us a review that makes the show seem more pertinent to the algorithms that feed shows out to people. So when people search for things along this line, uh, it'll show up. So we really appreciate it if you guys would go to, uh, go to the show and give a review. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks and uh, for the first uh, two weeks of July. So uh, in the, the middle of July, I'm going to go and find some of the new reviews and uh, we will uh, choose a random winner to get a, a $10 Starbucks card uh, just for giving us a review. So go out there and review it. If you've already given it a review, borrow somebody's phone. <laughs> go on their iTunes account and review it again. And then when they get the iTunes card or the, the Starbucks card, maybe they'll take you out to coffee. Um, so we really appreciate the reviews. 
You can also go to our website, messituppodcast.com, and click on the little orange button on the bottom left-hand corner that says, Become a Patron. And what that means is for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show financially, which makes it so that we can do things like make these shows and pay for the websites and buy Starbucks cards and all that. And you might think, well, what does a dollar mean? We get several hundred people a week that listen to the show. So if those people all gave a dollar, that would be really outstanding. You can also give $5, get a window sticker. $10 gets you a, uh, a window sticker and a shop rag. $25 a month, you get a window sticker, a shop rag, and a cool Mess It Up t-shirt. So you can uh, wear that around town and spread the news as well. So please consider uh, becoming a patron for us. Our patrons soon are going to be getting uh, a copy of my first book when it comes out uh, electronic copy of the book they will be getting that and uh, if you're a patron member a patreon member you'll be getting a chapter a week of the book uh, as uh, time goes through so you'll be able to read that book and enjoy uh, my story and uh, that's just our way of saying thanks for being a patron so um, please check that out and consider doing that if you need to get a hold of us once again uh, it's bowtie guy at mess it up podcast.com Microchick at messituppodcast.com. And, oh dear. Info. Info at messituppodcast.com for Intern Dave. That's right. So don't be a shakurker. Get out there and uh, share the show. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week with uh, Dave from Castamonia. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.